0: The interior is saying we need a new approach to uh, approach to uh, how we uh, keep these fires from happening. And
1: Comprehensive, Jack. Comprehensive approach, top to bottom. We'll hear we'll hear about that coming up. That's right.
0: You've got the voice and and, and uh, <laughs> cadence of a man who should be in charge of something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your support. Everything you know about muscle cramps is wrong. I have that for you coming up. For some reason, I've had this thing lately where I get a cramp in my leg in the middle of the night, and oh. it feels like I'm going to die.
1: Oh, yeah. That's some serious pain. <laughs> oh, it really is.
0: Oh, yeah. It well, is. You, you, you howl like a wounded beast and leap out of bed. Briefly, at least for me, maybe I've lived a blessed blessed life, but briefly, at least for me, it's the worst pain I've ever had.
1: When I get one of those cramps, it's top notch. It's, it's, it's good stuff. It is. It's like if this doesn't go away, I'm going to scream out loud. Yeah. I'm talking to the Navy SEALs, the, the U.S. Marines in the audience, special forces guys. i bet you can't sit still with leg cramp and not howl. <laughs> I mean, it's it's bad. It's nasty. And if you can, man, you
0: got my admiration. Uh, OK, so this I, I don't quite understand the terms left and right when you start getting into these various hate groups it seems
1: to break uh, right. down to me it, yeah it's almost popularly known as left or right because they're not really useful descriptions
0: yeah yeah it just it's it's very confusing to me the the, the actual clan people who are actual racists are they are they right wingers and the antifa people are they actually you know part of the Democrat? i don't i don't they're get what going- i mean yeah.
1: so they're they they are
0: fascists Anyway, I think we should, uh, you know, really try to rid ourselves of all of these people and pay attention when they're uh, doing things and and speaking, regardless of which side they get attached to. Tucker Carlson was talking about how the weekend went down last night on his program on Fox, uh, specifically how few of the the white supremacists showed up, but how how many of the, the violent on the other side people did show
2: up. In the end, yesterday, just a couple of dozen people showed up out of a country of 320 million people. They milled around for a while, got yelled at, and left. So much for the Klan rally. What is a crisis in America, and a growing crisis, is left wing extremism and violence. Our elites abet and encourage it, our media pretend it doesn't exist. Here, for example, was the scene yesterday in Washington Antifa lunatics calling for the destruction of the United States of America. Watch. <laughs>
3: No parties,
1: no walls, no
2: Benny Johnson of the Daily Caller took the time to interview some of the protesters. They freely confessed they would like to torture and kill the president.
3: What would you do if Donald Trump showed up at the front
0: Murder him. I mean, yo, no, he's America's Caesar, except his
2: head. So you gotta take him down. Trump. If it came down to
3: it and it was a group effort, we'd have to do him like a doffy. If the president showed up this
2: march, what would you do, sir? Beat his, beat, his his a- beat his Meanwhile, in Charlottesville, protesters screamed at the cops. In D.C., they attacked police with bottles, fireworks, and eggs. Keep in mind, this is not the far right, it's the left. Cops on motorcycles were pushed as they tried to pass through the crowd. Back in Charlottesville, an NBC News reporter was assaulted by a screaming progressive. Watch this. Don't worry about them. Amazingly, and it is amazing, NBC News didn't even bother to cover the assault on its own staff. The left did it, so it would have undermined their storyline. Screaming leftists in black face masks throwing bottles and calling for the destruction of America and the murder of the president. You know CNN described this group as, quote, anti-hate groups. Because their hate isn't really hate, it's the opposite of hate, even if it's exactly the same as hate. Pretty amusingly Orwellian, but also scary, lying works over time, and that's exactly why they do it. Vox.com, in a rare fit of honesty, ran a piece entitled Antifa Clashes with Police and Journalists in Charlottesville and D.C. Well, that was too.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I thought that was good. I'm glad v- Vox had that headline. I wish they got as much attention on this as, you know, NBC did in reporting it. But Antifa Clashes with Police and Journalists is a is a more, definitely more accurate headline than any of this stuff about because um, I I just, I took in the the, the mainest of mainstream media over the weekend, just like the headlines from the New York Times, you know, headlines from the Washington Post, the lead on Meet the Press, that sort of stuff. And it was all about how the left was able to defeat the uh, the violent racist right. Mm-hmm. And it was a win mm-hmm. for the left and a loss for the right. And they, they didn't mention, at least in the, maybe they did when they got a deeper dive, but in their headlines, they didn't mention that it was people saying we'd kill the president if he were here. That's that's some that's pretty freaking
1: unbelievable. Well, and assaulting cops, assaulting how that, journalists. How does that not get more attention than that? Doesn't fit the narrative.
0: God, you gotta go with the Alan Dershowitz shoe on the other foot thing. Imagine if if you had white supremacists on the street saying if Obama's here we'd kill him. What kind of story that would be.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there are good guys and bad guys. There are victims and oppressors in every story, Jack. And if you're a news executive, you're not going to uh, you're not going to say anything against the so-called victims because they're the good guys. There, it's just it is such a simplistic, idiotic view of the world. I mean, never mind what ideology it advances. I just I, I'm appalled by the stupidity of it. How you can have a couple of thousand violent mobsters hurting people and breaking stuff and ignore that while being breathless. Breathlessly f- fascinated and horrified by seventeen numbskulls milling about and leaving. That's just stupid. Never mind the ideology.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, God, I read that Orwell stuff when I was really young, and I took it in, but I just I couldn't I couldn't fully appreciate. You know, that human. It, it just didn't seem like something that could happen. It didn't seem to me like human beings would be capable of, uh, of not uh, seeing what's actually happening before their eyes. Right. But there's an example over the weekend where people would, would look at that. A giant group of people breaking things, throwing things, saying they want to destroy America and kill the president.
1: And hurting people. A
0: tiny group over
1: here. And all your focus is on the tiny group over here. Right, right. And and by the way, as always on the Armstrong and Getty Show, we're not trying to argue that it's one or the other. That's, again, an argument for stupid people. I don't want the freaking Klan ooching about any more than you do. But nor do I want somebody who throws on the... Ironically, the white hat and the black mask, and says we're we're actually anti hate, and indulges in virulent nonstop hate. They're both despicable.
0: Yeah, why did I only see that on a on the most right wingy of Fox shows? Why did I only see that stuff there and not on Face the Nation? People in the streets saying that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's
1: it's shocking. Again, it's it's about the narrative, um, and people get locked into. Um, one idea or another, one point of view or another, and then they ignore everything that tends to, you know, go against that point of view. Some um, um, very some... much like sports fans who believe every single call is against their team. You know, and yeah, I guess uh, there's calls that are right, then there are calls that are against their team. They just become blinded. John McWhorter is a uh, professor at Columbia University, and he wrote a piece in Time Magazine. Um Actually, it was it was at the end of 2016. Interestingly enough, um. But the point of it is that, and it's funny, this is straight out of Orwell, who wrote in the 40s, was it? I can't remember that. Um The term fascist has become so overused, now all it means is somebody I don't like. Because everybody was calling everybody else a fascist. Well, John mcWhorter 's piece, um, and again, this guy's from Columbia. It's not exactly a bastion of conservatism. He's making the point that everybody's getting called a white supremacist these days. If you have any point of view that tends to be contra to somebody of color, you're automatically called a white supremacist, even if the argument has absolutely nothing to do with race. Because um, there is a, an assumption. That's a very good phrase. I hope I can find it quickly because we have a guest coming up. Um, but that any argument against a person of color also comes with it the implication that you wish non-white people would sit down and shut up and that white people were still in charge you can't in good conscience disagree with somebody or right. you will be called a white supremacist
0: there was a larger crowd chanting no usa at all than there was of uh, people there that
1: uh, marched for white supremacy no border no wall no usa at all that was a big group of people no coverage how interesting
0: um so what are we going to do to stop these fires that are just burning up the west and have- Killed another firefighter. We're going to talk with Jim Roop about that, what the Secretary of the Interior thinks we should do. Coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: man said son now can you sing a little bit more clear said you both might beat the country next to what they've been here
3: can you sing a little more about outlaws and the way things used to be
0: I'm not we're gonna play it anyway
1: um oh well, we could play about it right anyway but i thought we'd follow up maybe at uh okay. 49 after the hour gotcha. all right so now we're ready for the air now we're ready to go with prime time. Oh yeah, boy, this is going to be good, ladies and gentlemen. The Secretary of the Interior, whatever that is, uh, has uh, has come to the West Coast to talk about the uh, the awful fires and what ought to be done to prevent future catastrophic fires. Jim Roop is on the story and joins us now. Hello, Jim.
5: Hi. You know, the the most interesting thing to me about all of this is the timing of it, because usually in the midst of a disaster, and we've had, what, 4,000 fires in the state of California this year alone. There are some 20 burning now, major fires, including the largest uh, ever in state history. 2,000 structures have been destroyed, 10 people now have lost their lives, all of this tragedy. And usually what happens is a a government official, the president, for the most part, comes out, and he's sort of the crier-in-chief, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, lending support. Here we have the Interior Secretary coming out telling us it's our fault. So it's like, wait a minute, man. Uh, Well, that's because
1: it is, Jim. Oh is it yeah poor poor forest management for for ages decades um that's to a large extent what's happening here but go on you can say what he said
5: yeah, he, he, that's exactly what he was talking about, is that through the water restrictions and uh, environmental laws, the same thing that Donald Trump was saying, President Trump was saying, uh, sort of uh, supporting that, that theory. The The only thing is, really, if because he was talking about all the trees that are dead uh, because of the bark beetle. Now, the bark beetle is a result mm. of the drought, right? The yeah. bark beetle burrows into the, into I, the tree. I,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I lost a bunch of trees due to that. Trees that had yeah. been around for 50 years, and that beetle, which had been kept out of California forever with, with very careful restrictions, got in and destroyed. I read an article about that in the New York Times. How many millions of trees died from that? It's yeah, amazing.
1: It's you know, just for the record, because I'm into this, partly because I own some property in the middle of the woods, uh, I've had people say, no, no, it's not the drought, it was the bark beetles. Well, trees that are weakened by drought are much more susceptible well, to bark yeah, beetles. The so. drought
0: is what brought the bark beetle right. into well, the absolutely. United States, into yeah. California. Yeah, yeah.
5: And and what Secretary Zinke is saying here is that we have to clear those trees out. He's also saying that there are billions of board feet of timber just lying around and rotting on the ground that need to be cleared out and used. And he's saying if we use that, uh, we could also reduce the cost of uh, refurbishing or building homes because there's all this timber out there that can be used for construction. Uh, And then he says we need to understand that environmentalists kind of get in the way of this. The reason why we have so much fuel to burn is because there hasn't been any real forest thinning. Um, Forest management, the environmentalists, uh, say is a guise for logging um, so that, that's where that fight comes in and the only reason why I talk about the timing of it is because this maybe should come after the recovery begins uh, not so much in the midst of the devastation that's going on a while is still occurring because we have gained some ground our firefighters have gained some ground on these fires some of them nearly three quarters contained uh, 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 it's, it's still uh, they still burn. And even though Yosemite is opening today, it's opening on a limited basis because that Ferguson fire is still burning. So there's still a lot of smoke in the air. There are still thousands of structures being threatened. Uh, in the Mendocino Complex fire, there are people who still cannot return to their home. and We had a firefighter lose his life, another one lose their life yesterday, at six firefighters in all uh, between uh, the Carr Fire and Mendocino Complex fire and the Ferguson fire. So it is it is a bad time to point fingers. Uh, uh, is, well, is, that's is,
1: an editorial uh, comment, Jim, that we happen to disagree with you on, but uh, we do have no problem with you airing it. I, 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 I get that, but people are paying attention now, and it's a critical issue. So,
5: Well, this is true. I wonder if this will cause any lawsuits against the state of California saying California should rebuild my home because of the, the Ooh, lack of... Oh, good
0: one. Good angle.
5: You know, ...of not paying attention to the forestry science and right. just climate science. Yeah, if
0: it, if it, was, the, if it was somebody's fault then you can uh, then you can sue them. That's the way yeah. it works in America. So yeah, that's a good angle.
1: Jim Roof Westwood One. Jim, we appreciate the report very much. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Right, you got it. So listen, the uh, there is absolutely a sweet spot between unrestricted, wild-eyed logging and completely emotional, illogic arguments from the far. Environmental left, which has uh, yielded us these incredibly over, you know, jammed up forests. If you're not going to let them burn, and you're not, because there are too many structures, there are too many people now. If you're not going to let them burn, you have to thin them. How much? How much is okay? Let's have the leading foresters in the land get together and talk about it. The idea that we can't find a, a happy medium is is dumb because I know we can.
0: Yeah, on the uh, the PR of it, boy, I'm not sure. That's a tough one because on one hand, you have, like you said, you have all the attention. Um, so that's a good time to say, hey, we could uh, would not have these problems if we did this. On the other hand, while people are in shelters trying to figure out where they're going to get their food and live and everything like that, I don't know. That's a
1: tough one. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me in the least, yeah, but I, that's I,
0: just me. I don't see how lawmakers
1: discussing possible law fixes affects firefighters fighting fires. Oh, it doesn't have any effect or on Or will it add to the grief of the, uh, yeah. the bereaved? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Talking about solutions, but that's just me. I'm a know. cold and emotionless man. More a know.
0: robot than a human. I don't know. I don't know what they're getting on the ground. If I'm if I'm if I'm in a shelter with my uh, my kids and all my pets, and my house burned down, and all I'm hearing out of the government is uh, about policy and not what you're going to do for us today. Mm. I'd be uh, I'd be unhappy with that. But I don't know. Maybe they're hearing what they're going to do for them. Yeah, they're
1: not going to hear it from the Department of the Interior, whatever that is. Um, They're (laughs) going to hear that from other. uh, They they don't deal with the exterior is all I can figure out. But um, I think they're probably hearing that from other agencies. And listen, one final note on this. We have been uh, happy to receive correspondence, and you can mail, uh, email us at mailbag at Mailbag at or you can text us anytime. Here's the number. Jot it down. You may need it someday. 415-295-KFTC. Anyway, uh, we've received many correspondence from both uh, firefighters, wildland firefighters from all over the western United States, and foresters, professional decades of experienced foresters, and the opinion that I have expressed to you today about thinning the forest in a responsible way ain't my opinion, it's theirs, and it's unanimous. No responsible party disagrees with that point of view that I've found. They all say the same thing. And whatever you think of Ryan Zinke and the way he runs the Department of the Interior, whatever that is, uh, it's just it's unanimous among the people who deal with this. Mm. I think they deal with like Indian reservations,
0: too, maybe. I don't know. S- to make the argument against the environmental crowd, maybe you need to add up all the trees that burnt down and see this many million trees burnt down. If we cut down two-thirds of that many trees ahead of time...
1: Or one-quarter or one-third or
0: whatever Whatever it is, the number right, is. Yeah. Less. Yeah. We would actually have more trees than we have now by not cutting down the trees. Right. Can you follow that?
1: You know, words matter, and the left does a better job than the right at uh, wielding them as weapons. But I would point out we've got to stop referring to the environmental crowd or environmentalists and got to start saying environmental extremists because those are the people who proceed on purely uh, like emotional arguments. And don't think through the science and don't take into reckoning the unintended consequences. There are plenty of responsible environmentalists who believe in responsible maintenance of the forest, which, yeah, will happen to yield uh, wood and profits. What the hell is this? What are you playing over me? I'm sorry. I'm trying to make a point, Michael. All right. An important point. Anyway. Uh, There are plenty of responsible people who believe in responsible forestry. That Well, yeah, it'll yield lumber and some money for the timber companies. That doesn't make it a bad thing. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Over Osan,
4: who has the N-word tape? Former FBI agent uh, Struck making a lot of money on the
0: Internet and Uber's (laughs) fleet of flying cars. Coming up. So the GoFundMe for the uh, FBI agent with the text to his lover? Yeah. Okay, I want to hear that story. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and the Getty Show. kind of excited about this newscast. There's a bunch of stuff in it I'm uh, interested in talking about. Sean, you're a millennial. Do you vape? Uh, Yeah. You're a vapor? Yeah, sure.
4: Why not? Like
1: a douche.
0: You, can, I can tell by your hairstyle and your lack of shaving, you just look like a vapor. The fact that I hacky sack in the commercial breaks no! is kind of a giveaway. <laughs> FDA's, Delinquents. FDA's weighing a ban on flavored vaping. Oh, boy. So, oh, that's, uh, oh, that's nicotine. That's gross. No, I don't do that. You don't do that? No. No. What What are you vaping? Oh, the stuff that's now legal. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. For your own, for your own entertainment, novelty purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the uh, news now with Marsha Phillips.
4: Well, Marosa Manigault Newman is keeping up her claims about President Trump as she continues doing interviews about her new book, Unhinged, Monday on MSNBC. Anybody,
0: regardless of this N-word yes. tape or whatever, which could have political consequences. Um, anybody who buys that book. You are a moron. Well, I,
1: I said yesterday what the publishers failed to take into account is that anybody who's interested in reading this book can't read it all. There is no overlap of that Venn diagram. I, do, I
0: don't understand the publishing world. There's no way anybody wants to buy that book. But
1: they gave her a lot of money, I guess, and to people write People who, who despise Trump and the Trump administration want to read book? all the negativity they can Even get. Even from her? I can't imagine. I thought, in hardcover, I thought but, everybody yeah. hated her. And she's very hateable the moment she turns on Trump. She's very hateable. It's like Comey. But from hero to villain to hero to villain. (laughs)
0: Nothing unites like a common enemy. God, she is a loathsome human being. Anyway, back to her.
4: On MSNBC's Hardball, Omarosa said she's heard President Trump using a racial slur about African Americans on tape. She said the former member of the production staff of Trump's reality show has the audio. You went on to tell uh, Chris Matthews?
0: My first reaction to it was, it was just, this can't be true. This is somebody I've known since 2003. He had always been kind to me, as I said, repeatedly in, in tons and dozens of interviews. And so when I heard it, my first instinct was to protect him and not to dive deeper because I just
2: dismissed yeah. it as
3: true. Well, you did eventually dive deeper. Even after publication of book, you went out you actually heard the tape. I did. When you heard the tape... Uh, did you get a sense that the person, I know you don't want to give away the source, that the person who has the tape, or a, a, a copy of it, is planning to use it at some point? Yes, in fact, I believe that they're using it for politically motivated things. In fact, they may use Before November? Before November. Another Are October they Democrats?
5: Surprise.
2: I don't know what their political You don't know? You don't know what They used to be a part of the production staff for The Apprentice and uh, they saw it on, the, took
1: it on themselves to actually document this so that they could actually
3: expose him for the races that he is. Well, they have a copy, you said, of the tape. They do, of the audio. When you listen to the parts you heard, did, how many times did you hear Mr. Trump, your former boss, how many times did you hear him use the N-word? Multiple times. So, uh,
0: it, I don't know if they're Republican or Democrat. It's hard to imagine anybody... <laughs> Would release that tape right before the election to help the Republicans. I mean, I don't see how it
1: would. Uh-huh. Of course, you could be a one of the you could be a Republican that hates Trump. Well, never Trumper, they call them.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, just wants to bring him down. The sooner, the better. They're willing to give up uh, 2020 to win in 2024.
0: I realize you can't say the n-word in any fashion, even you can't even say it out loud to discuss it as a as a group of sounds right. without losing your job, which is crazy. That makes us mentally ill as a society. What makes
1: us Harry Potter, yeah, I mean, Voldemort. It's,
0: it's ridiculous, but it's a fact. But the 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 way in which he uses it would have an effect on its impact. So you'd have to hear the tape.
4: Trump has uh, tweeted out that he'd gotten a call from the producer of The Apprentice, Mark Burnett, assuring him, quote, there are no tapes of The Apprentice where I use such a terrible and disgusting word as attributed by wacky and deranged Omarosa.
0: I'll tell you this. I hope there's not a tape and not because that helps Trump, just because it would not do this country any good. Oh, no, it would not do this country any good because then people would solidly be into the he's a racist camp. Um uh, And and anybody who supports him is anybody who supports him at that point would be a racist. Anybody who voted Trump after the N-word tape came out would be considered a racist by half the country or more.
1: Yeah, and whipping up tribal hatreds is the go-to in politics now. It's not about ideology anymore. It's just tribal hatred. That would, and that would, that would, would not be good for us. Just throw fuel on the fire. Yeah.
4: Fired FBI agent Peter Strzok is looking for money to help pay for his legal costs and lost income. He uh, helped lead the special investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election until his anti-Trump tweets were discovered, and now a GoFundMe page has been set up. Ah, yes, a hilarious GoFundMe stage. Go on, Marshall. And as of last night, it raised nearly $200,000. Oh, boy.
1: Among the claims on the GoFundMe page, Peter Strzok is a proud husband and father. I'll bet he's proud of the fact that he could keep a wife on one side and his hot, hot FBI lover on the other for many, many months. Good stuff. So,
0: do you remember that the... And, and the New York Times pointed this out last night when they were doing their Strzok story. That while the IG found no evidence that he had uh, let his political views affect affect him, the IG did say, quote... The text exchanges not only were indicative of a biased state of mind even more seriously, it implies a willingness to take official action to impact a presidential candidate's electoral prospects. The IG said they believed that that happened. Wow. I mean, that's pretty damning. So how did the guy hang on to his job as long as he did? You had an FBI agent that the the, um, independent IG, who, who everybody seems to respect this report, said... He had the willingness to impact a presidential election.
1: You can't have that. No. And he got to keep his stu- job? The stupidity of putting it in writing.
0: Well, you know, he was having an affair. and
1: yeah, well. He couldn't use his personal phone because he'd get caught by his wife. So, all right. Fine. If you're stupid. You put that stuff in writing, you're dumb
4: turns out uber is a step closer to getting its fleet of flying cars off the ground the ride hailing company's aviation program uber air is teaming up with the university of texas and the u.s army research lab to make it a reality
0: Uh, okay i just so if if the cities of america cannot handle the scooter situation all of a sudden, scooters show up, and people are driving them everywhere, and so the city has to crack down and lawsuits and this and that. People
1: throw them into the ocean and pile them up and burn them. <laughs> well,
0: that's, a, that's a different problem. I don't think anybody's going to leave flying cars laying around, but I don't understand how with any, with any laws, regulations, system for flying cars, all of a sudden they're just going to show up and start flying around. I don't see how that will work.
1: I think Uber ought to call this their publicity stunt program, because that's what it is. Collaborations. You don't expected... think they got flying cars? They might have one or two. But... How about flying monkeys? <laughs> yeah. Well, God
4: help us. Collaborations expected to take about eighteen months. Uber says testing will fall,
0: uh, start shortly afterwards. You in... can't just all of a sudden have have. Well, I don't know what one weighs. Two thousand pound chunks of metal flying down the street by amateur pilots. <laughs> well, they're little anywhere, helicopters, aren't they? Yes. Anywhere Where they want to go? Yes. yes. Yeah,
4: Uber's going to start the uh, testing in uh, Dallas and uh, L.A., and no, uh, they uh, could have, <laughs> so, have the service up and running by 2023. No,
1: they want. So you don't think so, huh? Well, I don't. Can I pay $800 to helicopter from the airport to downtown? Probably. Yeah. And Uber's getting into that business, no, but I just, it's not a flying friggin' car. No, I just don't believe that any city is going
0: to allow these things flying around their cities. One will crash into somebody and kill them. That'll be the end of it. Whatever they are. Yeah, I just... This is fanciful. It's
4: ridiculous. (laughs) There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
1: Marshall, are you going to report at any time on and at any time on the horrific uh, uh, priest abuse scandal breaking in Pennsylvania? Hundreds of priests molesting children and or covering up for others. Shocking. Even since the big scandals of... Just the big inquiry just came out, and many dioceses tried to stop it coming out, too. Oh. And even now are suing. It's really a hell of a story. And we should it's get a reporter troubling. on that. Yeah.
0: God dang it, that is troubling. That is really troubling. boy watch out for this in your own life. Apparently it's just human nature. The ability to turn a blind eye to, to evil if you think, you know, the
1: overall good is being done here. Right, and to that end, Chris Cuomo of CNN trying to explain why the violence on the left is okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience
3: of the
0: the nation.
1: Strong and Getty show. <laughs> Two
0: texts, or a couple of texts we got on Uber's flying car program. Uh, people don't know how to handle a four way stop on the ground. How is yeah. flying a car going to work? Yeah, well said. Let's no, go up. <laughs> Not only do I believe in Uber Air, which Joe does not, I plan on being the first member of the 8th Mile High (laughs) Club. It will be short, uncomfortable, and clearly visible by people in tall buildings, but it'll be worth it.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) That makes her a slut. (laughs) That's funny. Beautiful. So uh, it's interesting. There is a new uh, uh, gymnastics afoot. In which arguers, primarily on the left, are trying to reserve violence and hate speech for themselves while condemning it in others. The New York Times had an opinion piece the other day stating that if we silence hate speech, well, we silence resistance. Because groups that really, they've been oppressed, we should let them hate, and that's okay. And sometimes it's okay for them to commit violence, etc., etc. Again, uh, there's no... uh, there's no method of limbering up quite like ideology that allows you to twist yourself into uh, yoga guru-style illogical poses. But Chris Cuomo of CNN that nobody really watches uh, had this uh, to say yesterday. Or it was a day or two ago. It doesn't matter. Um, hang with it for a while because he, he goes through some interesting contortions.
3: Now, you've been hearing it. There's a lot of whataboutism and spin going on. And it's kind of sickening to me. So let's all agree on some common understandings. A protester uses their voice. Song, slang, slurs, there's a huge range, but it is talk. When you use your hands in a violent way, you are a rioter. And unless you're justified in defending yourself and you hit someone, you're a thug, you're a criminal. You attack cops, you slap the media, you're in the wrong, period. But I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally in the eyes of the law yes but in the eyes of good and evil here's the argument if you're a punk who comes to start trouble in a mask and hurt people you're not about any virtuous cause you're just somebody who's going to be held to the standard of doing something wrong but when someone comes to call out bigots and it gets hot even physical are they equally wrong as the bigot they are fighting i argue no fighting against hate Matters Now, how you fight matters, too. There's no question about that. But drawing a moral equivalency between those espousing hate and those fighting it because they both resort to violence emboldens hate, legitimizes hateful belief, and elevates what should be stamped out.
1: I think that's a beautiful example of the sort of classroom-style theoretical navel-gazing that we get these days. It ignores the reality of, of human beings and the way they behave. And uh, it, it's funny, I just caught on to uh, a phrase that uh, Cuomo likes to use, the New York Times uses all the time, the Washington Post um, it uses it. That's moral equivalency. They say you can't uh, engage in moral equivalency. No, but you can't engage in what I would call kinetic equivalency, which is to say, if somebody punches somebody else in the face, even if they come from a place ideologically you like, you got to arrest them. Otherwise... Otherwise, you got a situation where the righteous people are smashing people in the face, and the cops say, "Okay, go ahead." Like San Jose, this might sound familiar, San Jose. And then the people on the other side, who according to a hell of a lot of people are good people too, they've got to take it, and they don't get to hit back because, well, you can't engage in moral equivalency.
0: Well, and then you get into uh, who's going, who gets to define what's a who, who's a hater and who's not. Okay, I think probably almost everybody can agree that the Klan is is you know a hate group. But how about people that are just showing up to a Trump rally? Are they are they part of a hate group because they're showing up for a guy that you think is racist? Or how about anybody who wants to control our borders? A lot of people think they're uh, hateful people. They're routinely
1: called white supremacists. Because
0: you want to stop other people from uh, coming into the country illegally. Is that crowd okay to go hitting the head with a bottle?
1: So, uh, Chris to- Cuomo, I ask you, who's in charge of deciding where that line is drawn? You? I'm not trusting you to draw it. That's a ridiculous argument.
0: Yeah, God, I wish uh, Christopher Hitchens was still alive. I mean, it's, it's a bad thing for America that he's
1: not. I will give uh, uh, Chris Cuomo credit, though, for calling out Antifa as fascist thugs and, and, and indefensible. It's I indefensible. appreciate of, that, Most yeah.
0: of the media, I you think that they're doing it on purpose. I think they don't have any idea what they're talking about. It I think be. they're just uninformed.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's a nice article in the Free Beacon, Washington Free Beacon, talking about... Um, uh, you know, on the uh, year anniversary of Charlottesville. What? A lot of people are hitting us with our old catchphrase, which we used to say regularly. Oh. Punch violence in the face. Punch violence in the face. That's right. The Armstrong and a catchphrase. So, uh, <laughs> in the Free Beacon, they're talking about less than two dozen fringe balls showed up for the sequel to Charlottesville. Fringe balls. That's a good one. By contrast, the counter-protesters numbered in the thousands, including hundreds of armored and black-clad Antifa. Hundreds. The even better news, per the Washington Post story, quote, White supremacist rally near White House dwarfed by thousands of anti-hate protesters. Uh, uh, Even better was that there was no violence at the rally. Well, kind of. A massive police presence Sunday kept the two sides separated. And outside of a confrontation between some Antifa or anti-fascist protesters and police, long after the rally had ended, there were no reports of violence. Police reported that one man was arrested after he assaulted a man wearing a Make America Great Again hat. So there was no violence except for the uh, multiple very specific acts of violence in the prior sentence. I thought that might have been awkwardly phrased, this gent writes, but such downplaying of West leftist violence runs throughout the piece. Antifa members vented their frustration at not being able to confront the rallygoers by lighting smoke bombs and firecrackers and throwing eggs in the direction of police. Gosh, just a lot of anti hate people at a rally with no violence, tossing stuff in the direction of law enforcement officers, certainly not at them. Well, they were just venting their frustration and not being able to confront the alt right with the explosives they bought they brought. God, that's astonishing blindness.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is, and it's 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 freaking scary. It's scary enough to think that, uh, you know, I could have a loved one beaten down for showing up to a political rally. Even scarier than that is that the
1: coverage of it on the news would have the reverse of what actually happened. Right. Police kept a watchful eye as the black-clad group carrying umbrellas wandered about knocking over trash cans, chanting, chanting, bust a window, and yelling at the police to get out of their cars and, quote, meet us in the streets. A confrontation between the protesters and police erupted near 13th and G Street during the, you know, nonviolent uh, demonstration and venting of frustration.
0: How about people with their faces covered marching in the street with weapons chanting, destroy the USA? How does that not get more attention or it bother more people?
1: Calling Dr. Orwell, calling Dr. Orwell. You're listening
0: to the Armstrong and Getty Show.